0: Hey, everybody! Welcome to another episode of Film Haven Reviews. I am your host Sawyer, as always, and today we are continuing our theme of Backwoods Horror with the two thousand five film Wolf Creek and of course, we are also continuing on this sub theme of diverging from the theme that I originally set out to do because this movie does not take place in the backwoods like I was expecting, but instead. It takes place in the Outback of Australia. So it's more of a backcountry than backwood, but yeah, I mean, come on, we're just splitting hairs here. The, the idea is still the same, being in a remote area, not being able to get help very quickly, and being attacked by nefarious things, be it nature or man. And in this movie, it's definitely man. So... You know, Wolf Creek is really all about lessons. It's about teaching us things. And I think the most important thing that it teaches us is to never be alone in the middle of the outback of Australia. I think that's a good lesson to learn. There's a lot of room out there. And with that room comes a lot of isolation. And with that isolation comes the opportunity to, I don't know, murder... That's a big one, for sure. Murder. And similar to the tagline of the classic film Alien, in space, no one can hear you scream. In the Outback, no one can hear you scream because you're so far out that there's nothing you can do. And using that terrifying backdrop, Wolf Creek can elicit actual fear more than a lot of other movies just Based on the situation that the characters find themselves in. Speaking of that situation, let's actually talk about the story. It's very simple. We got three backpackers and they have decided to go to this place called Wolf Creek. Which is where uh, an asteroid has landed in the middle of the outback a long time ago. And it, it's apparently pretty cool to look at. So they're going to go on this multi-day journey deeper and deeper into the backcountry until they find this. It's technically like a state park, Wolf Creek State Park, but there's nothing around it except for this one little asteroid divot. And I say divot because it sounds like it's small, but it's giant. But that's besides the point. So once they get there, of course, their car breaks down, and they're in the middle of nowhere. And that's when suddenly a good Samaritan shows up, offering to tow their car to his farm so he can fix it and get them on the road. So luckily nothing else bad happens throughout the rest of the movie. (laughs) Yeah, so obviously that's not uh, things are not as they seem, and then we'll go from there. Wolf Creek is scarier than a lot of other horror movies just based on the fact that before you even watch the movie, they tell you this is based on true events. And as soon as I saw that, And started to understand what the situation of the movie is. I realized that this is probably the Backpacker Murders. And I couldn't remember the guy's name. But I've looked it up since then. And man, they really did. They modeled this entire movie based off of... uh, His name is Ivan Milat. Milat. Or Ivan Milat. (laughs) Either way you want to say it. Uh, He is... A Croatian-Australian, his father's Croatian immigrant to Australia, and he grew up in a family of like 14 other siblings. It was a very uh, gross situation, very very backwoods, a lot of incest, stuff like that, which uh, that ties in greatly with my last review, Deliverance, so that's kind of fun. And while they don't really touch on any of that, it's not like a one-to-one retelling of his story the basic facts are there. It's a serial killer who's sadistic and who is taking advantage of the remote area of the outback. And instead of the Wolf Creek State Park, he committed his murders in the Blanglo State Forest. But the two characters, the both fictional and real characters, have the same M.O., and the, the, the basic parts are there, even down to the victim profile, young adults who are venturing far out into the backcountry and are vulnerable to someone taking advantage of them. A lot of times they were hitchhikers that were also backpackers just trying to get to places. And of course, in this case, it's just people that are way too far out. Normally, I actually have a a bit of an issue with movies that are based on true events that are like more conventional horror movies, because I feel like it's almost sensationalist, but Wolf Creek actually strikes a balance. I would say it it creates so much reality within the film. Like they they do amp up some of the crimes to make it, uh, have more of a cinematic flair, but for the most part, the movie is very raw and instead serves as A kind of snapshot scenario of what people have really been through. It takes it pretty seriously. It's not making light of it, I would say. The sensationalism is pretty light in comparison to other movies of its ilk that try to profit off of the death of others. I mean, someone's definitely profiting off of this, for sure. But honestly, this feels more like a PSA For all travelers and hikers and people who really like to go into remote areas on their own, there are, unfortunately, people out there that are willing to take advantage of you and you really got to be careful. That's not to say don't go to the outback. I'm sure Australia's outback is beautiful and if you go with a guide or you go with the right people, then you can experience it in a beautiful way. But when you don't know anything about the area and you go miles and miles and miles to the most remote regions of the area, then if it's not even just the elements itself, it's just not very smart. One of the scariest parts of this movie is that once the characters get trapped in this guy's kind of compound, even when they run away, there's nothing to run away to. And that's that's very eerie and terrifying. So in a strange way, the movie actually has a sort of a message and that keeps it from going into the realm of the distasteful. And keeps it simply to a standard horror movie that's grounded in a true crime scenario. As far as the technical aspects of the film, the first half uh, feels very 2005. I mean, it's extremely of its time down to the characters' attitude, their clothes. And the whole first half plays out like a lot of these 2000s early aughts horror movies and thrillers where you're just like a bunch of friends going on a road trip but that does allow for a lot of character development which is nice even though the characters are firmly caricatures of their 2000s time and in general the whole first half of the movie has this independent low budget vibe and that's not you know that's not a bad thing it was probably a low budget film and what they did with it was good it's it, it's not groundbreaking or anything, but what I think that it does do that's unique is subvert expectations in a few ways. Um, the character arcs, the character arcs don't go in the way that you would exactly expect, and I appreciated that. It set it apart a little bit from some other run of the mill horror movies. It just, in general, had an independent, low budget horror movie feel. But sometimes you're in the mood for that, and I certainly was. So I, I had a good I had a good time with it. The main killer Mick Taylor, which is what he is in this movie instead of Ivan Milot, uh, he's very scary because he kind of has this jovial attitude. He kind of seems like this crocodile Dundee kind of character, just a nice outback guy who's kind of quirky, and he kind of keeps that demeanor even after the tone changes to a more horror element instead of he's saving us you know he's going to fix our car to oh no he actually wants to kill us that turn doesn't really change his demeanor he's still very jovial and jokey and that makes it worse it kind of makes him creepier because he's kind of a clown caricature of an outback person and to have someone with such a silly tone do such horrible things I think strikes a very unnerving chord in the audience that is very effective. At least it was to me and my girlfriend who were watching it. So all in all, I really enjoyed it. Very, in some ways, run-of-the-mill with just enough things to set it apart to make it, I say, like a 6.5 out of 10. Which is not bad, considering how much of a small film it was. Very low-budget but effective nonetheless. And I've heard now that Wolf Creek 2 is actually pretty good. And what I just saw on IMDB is that Wolf Creek 3 is actually in development, which is kind of fun. So that's pretty much everything I have to say about Wolf Creek. Uh, Don't go into the backwoods, the backcountry alone. Um, Always take a guide or someone who knows the area that you trust and just generally be careful out there, you know? You just never know who's going to be coming out to fix your car and then next thing you know, you're pinned to a crucifix. You just don't know what's going to happen. So next week we're actually going to be doing a movie that came out the exact same year, 2005, called House of Wax. Uh, Most of you probably know that movie. If you know anything about horror, there was an old Vincent Price version and this is the remake with Paris Hilton. And in a very rare exception to my normal rules, I have actually already seen this movie. But I saw it fairly recently, so I feel like it's still within the window of first impression territory. And I think it just fits this backwood horror, backwoods horror f- theme very well. And it was also a surprisingly good movie. I, I really enjoyed it, so I kind of just want to talk about it. I just want an excuse to have an episode so I can review it and talk about it. So that's it for me. Everybody, have a nice, safe week. Stay away from the backwoods, and I will see you next Friday.